converters, inverters, which do I have or do I have both? This is Eric Sark with the Smart RVer Podcast, delivering the smarts you need to enjoy the freedom of the RV lifestyle without the fear of breaking down. And just as a reminder, the podcast that you're listening to is also available on YouTube. And if you're watching it on YouTube, it's also available as a podcast form as well. So it's on all the podcast channels, iTunes, Spotify, all of them. So that's just a reminder. So sometimes I'm going to try to make this more audio, but occasionally I will mention if you're watching the video, you might want to look at this. Like I have two inverters sitting here on the table or an inverter and a, uh, a power center, which that's what we're going to be talking about today. So you might want to look at both and don't forget to subscribe. So living the RV life today, we're going to talk, be talking about a family and friends trip. So what's the big deal about organizing a nice family and friends trip? Well, you know what? It's an easy way to have a good time out RVing. You don't have to, well, it's just you're with your family and friends. You know, it's pretty low key, comfortable. You know, you're not in some RV park trying to make friends. You already have them there (laughs) with you. So when you're, if you decide to organize a trip like this, you know, there's a lot of places where you can go that would be designed more for this you know with more activities things to do families typically are going to be children and maybe even some pets so that would be part of the considerations so if you're going to do it yourself organize it or have someone help you you know maybe there's going to be three or four families one family or two families organized whatever it might be think about the destination where you're going to go don't just pick where you want to go and that's it you don't want to be that uh dogmatic about it (laughs) but a pet friendly place might be part of the destination in case someone does have a pet or last minute someone decides to bring a pet you know things change so having some plans that are flexible not just cast in stone where this is what we're doing that's that that makes it a little more difficult and not as fun so even with family and friends you get together on a trip like this you, know, you can still bond. You get to know each other a little bit better, especially when it's friends, friends versus family. But you know what? When I'm together with my brothers, which I talk to them quite often, I still learn things about them that I didn't <laughs> know. Oh, you're doing yeah. that. Your your family's doing this. Cute. So we still get to know each other, and we get to know each other better, and that's all part of it. That's part of the whole RVing experience. And you just want to make sure everybody's on board with the trip before you ever set out. You want to make sure everybody knows what's happening, what activities there are. If you're going to have group activities and make sure they're planned, you know, have this stuff kind of, you know, a little itinerary laid out. So someone who's organized would be best to do this. Yep. Otherwise it'll be a raging disaster (laughs) or it could be. (laughs) And on a trip like this, it's great to give everybody a job. Or even if it's split up by families, you know, each family does something. That way everybody's involved in it. They all have a part of it. And it's not just one person doing the trip. It's everybody. And people like being involved in things. Mm -hmm. So someone might be able to plan how you're going to get there, which, you know, which roads you're going to take. Someone might talk about how you're going to get, where you're going to eat along the way, where you can stop to have uh, picnics if that's what you want to do. So everybody can be involved in it. And then, you know, there's entertainment. Once you're there, you know, if you have a projector, you can use the side of your RV as a projector screen. Um, That's just nighttime entertainment, you know, fires and fishing, hiking, whatever the things are to do around there. Make sure you have that kind of figured out. So you're not just sitting around looking at each other going, hmm, this is really fun. (laughs) 
Who planned this trip? (laughs) And, you know, when it comes to meals, everything, make sure everybody's involved. You know, not just one person, but everybody. Maybe even rotate Mm -hmm. meals around from one family to the next while you're there. Um, Whatever you want to do. But it's just a suggestion, you know. um, It's a great way to get together. And some members of your family might not even own an RV, but they could rent one. It's another way to get them out. And maybe they'll want to start RVing after that. So that's a non-committal way to go. They just rent an RV and have a good time. I mean, how hard is that? Then they'll be with you because a lot of people, they don't have an RV. I can't go. Same excuse. (laughs) Rent that RV. Don't give them an excuse, an easy way out. That's right. So as always, RVing is a great way to make lasting memories. But when you're doing it with family and friends, the memories can be that much more. So what are you waiting for? Just pack up the RV and hit the road. Now, let's talk about um, staying on the road. So the subject today is about converters and inverters. Which do I have or do I have both? Um, More modern RVs have a combination you know, it's more likely they're going to have an inverter with a converter or a charger built into it. Where older RVs, it goes the other way, where they just have a converter and that's it. In fact, you know, for decades now, RVs of all types have come with invert or converters. It's hard to keep these two. <laughs> I know. You know, converter and inverter get them mixed up. So they sound alike. <laughs> and I'm going to get to that in a moment too about getting these things mixed up. Um, <laughs> But the converter, the purpose of the converter is to charge the battery. So when you're, when you're not plugged into shore power or park power, whatever you want to call it, but we're going to call it shore power, you'll have 12 volts to run all your lights and 12 volt accessories. Like your refrigerator needs 12 volts. So it's a converter is just basically a battery charger. So when you're plugged in, it's charging the batteries. And, uh, so today's converters, they're smarter. They're designed to charge all types of batteries. They're, they're much like a smart standalone charger. A lot of battery chargers now are just smart chargers. You know, you hook it up to your battery and it, it figures it out. It does what it needs to do and charges it correctly. Noco is a brand that sells though. Very they they work very well, but with an RV, you have the charger built in. So you wouldn't necessarily need a trickle charger to do that. So all of the smarts are built into it. So it makes them much more friendly to use. You don't have to sit there and press switches and dials and settings it's like if you're looking on the video this is a power center Mm -hmm. if you're on the audio you can't see it but imagine a power center in your rv and all you do is hook it up and this one auto detects which batteries you have that's nice. older ones didn't do that even just a year ago you'd have to get one rated for lithium versus the others okay it was sort of auto detect but not a hundred percent and some of them you have to put a setting in there. Older battery chargers might not even work with lithium batteries or eight or uh, AGM batteries. So it just right. depends. So all the smarts are built in, so you don't have to do anything. So you can be dumb, and the charger can be smart. <laughs> it makes it easier. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so most modern converters, as well, will run the 12 volt system if the battery is dead or missing. So if your battery died, you haven't done anything with it, but you're plugged into shore power, all the 12-volt stuff should work as normal, like the batteries in there. 
Um, but you don't want to do that unless you have to. It's always good to have the battery in there just in case you're going to go on a trip or you do lose shore power, you have that 12 volt system working. But it's just kind of a, it helps in case something happens to battery or it gets stolen or whatever, you loan it to somebody or. Sure. Or whatever, <laughs> you know, who knows. So, if, um, so then with that being said, you have to make sure that the battery's not there, that the wires are taped up or capped off or something so they can't ground out and, mm. and cause a short. I mean, typically it's just going to blow the fuses in a converter because they have, uh, um, anti-polarity fuses in there so it's a safety net but hmm. let's just avoid that not blow the fuses you might have a hard time finding the fuses even though they're just 40 amp fuses but you never know Either way. so it alleviates the problem so converters also have an amp rating it's not just one converter fits all as far as the rv goes so if you have a let's say a 55 amp converter in your rv you typically want to replace it with a 55 amp you don't want to go smaller, or excuse me, you can go smaller if you had to. You could actually go a little bit bigger, but you still have to keep that amperage in mind because the wiring in the RV is set up for the amps. I mean, typically, if you have a 45-amp RV, a 45-amp converter, you're not going to be overloading it with more than you should because your RV is already set up. It's already kind of where it's at. So I don't think it's a huge thing to overthink. You just want to be aware of that. So converters also come in different styles. You have um, a deck mount converter, where if you're watching this, we have an inverter sitting here on the table, but the which is this Go Power inverter. But if you but that's what a converter looks like, a deck mount converter. It kind of looks like an inverter, except it has a cord coming out of it that plugs into a 110 volt outlet. It's a little smaller than what's sitting here, and generally deck mount converters. Um, I'm not going to say in older RVs, but they're not as in the brand new ones as often. Most newer RVs or brand new RVs have power centers, but the deck mounts are small, you know, maybe eight by eight or eight by eight by 10 or 12. They have the powered cord coming out that plugs into the 110 volt outlet near it. They're generally in cabinets kind of put away. They're not visible. Sometimes they're very hard to find. Some people have a tremendous time finding a, a deck mount converter because they kind of stick at some place where it just doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So if you have one of those, then you more than likely have a power distribution center someplace else. It might look like a typical power center with a converter built into it, but if you have a deck mount converter, the power distribution center won't have a converter in it, or at least it shouldn't. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> manufacturers cheat and do what they have to do, but it shouldn't. So the, so the power center is going to have the 110-volt breakers and the 12-volt fuses in a power distribution center. Okay, so that's kind of how it would work with a deck mount converter. Now, if you have a power center, which, again, if you're watching, putting my hand on it right now, that's a power center. This is a 6355, so it's a 55-amp power center. It has your location for your 12-volt fuses. It has this, the location for the 110 volt circuit breakers, which neither of which are in this uh, converter right here. This is brand new out of the box, so none of that stuff comes with it. You have to provide your own breakers and fuses. Mm. The breakers are pretty much universal in these things. They fit one, they'll fit them all. Haven't run into one where the breakers from an old one won't work in the new one. And you don't necessarily have to put in new breakers if you replace it. You know, breakers are, if they're working, they're fine. 
So a power center, what's cool about it is it's generally very visible in the RV. It's not stashed away someplace. It's on the face of a cabinet, um, usually in an area that's like a kitchen, a living room. Um, it might not be waist height. It might be down lower, um, but they're visible. So it's nice to be able to see it, easy to work on. And most of your modern ones have a clear door on the front of it. You know, the door itself might be black with a clear window, I should say, or an opaque or smoke window. But you can see if a fuse is blown because it has a red light next to it that comes on when a fuse blows. So that's a nice indicator. You can just look at it. Oh, I got a blown fuse. Mm -hmm. Or if something stops working, you go back there. Oh, I can see which fuse is blown. You know, the older... Power centers, you'd have to go through with a test light, check each fuse, or pull it out, look at it, and hopefully it blows enough where you can see it. So these modern ones are pretty cool. Um, if you have an older power center with a built-in converter and the converter portion goes bad, I'm talking a metal one, the lower section, just go to new. Replace with a new one. They're plastic, lightweight, easier to deal with. You got that fuse um, light in there to show if it's blown. That's worth it right there and they're easy to replace. So now some RVs come with an inverter charger and they might have a power center in the RV as well. Some of the manufacturers do this a little bit different. So the, the inverter charger basically is charging the battery just like the power center would do. Now, sometimes in these power centers, because of simplicity, what they have in stock, Maybe they're so cheap it doesn't matter. It might actually have a circuit board in it or a main board for charging the batteries, but it's just not hooked up. So the inverter would be doing the work, but it's still in the power center. So don't get confused like that. You know, if you have an inverter charger and you have a power center and you happen to notice there's a circuit board in there, the circuit board is probably not hooked up. So don't even worry about it. Just leave the board there. Take it out and sell it on Craigslist or something if you want to. <laughs> but just I, manufacturers do that because it's probably just cheaper for them to carry one thing and just shove it into everything rather than have two different models. Right. Less confusion, you know. Yeah. And that's the way it works these days. I mean, even cars have been doing that for years. A wire loom has everything in the loom for every option available, but the car might not have the options. <laughs> but everything's in the loom just in case. So power centers almost never need to be replaced, just the converter section of them. I mean, we're in this modern area where they've changed now. They're all plastic, and these are the modern ones. So that's why they'll probably never need to be replaced down the road. If something else comes out better, then, yeah, it'd have to be replaced. So now let's talk about inverters. Now that you're a converter expert, that includes you too, Alexis. Okay. I'll test on this later. <laughs> oh, no. So inverters. <laughs> what is an inverter? An inverter, well, you know, I, a converter, I, let me back up. A converter takes 110 volts mm -hmm. and turns it to 12 and charges your batteries. It's okay. actually putting like 13 and a half volts into the battery and it's charging. Okay. Now, an inverter is a little bit different. It takes 12 volts from your batteries and converts it to 110 volts AC power. So the 110 volts can be used to run a microwave or 110 volt appliance, um, a fan, whatever it is that would run off 110 volts. That's the point of the inverter. So some RVs come with an inverter um, that has 110 volts hooked up to every outlet in the RV. Some of them only come with just a few outlets that are hooked up, maybe in the bedroom, in the kitchen, 
and the refrigerator. The refrigerator is always connected to it, but it might just be just a few versus all. So it depends on the RV, the manufacturer, and what they decide to do. Now, keep in mind that an inverter runs off the 12-volt batteries. So you have 12-volt batteries in your RV, and that's what's powering the inverter. So you might need two batteries. You might need up to eight batteries, depending on what you're trying to do. And um, and you'll probably need at least a 400 watts of solar power to charge the batteries during the day if you're not plugged into shore power. So that's the point of the inverter is to be able to use your 110 volts when you're not hooked up to shore power or off the grid, as many people say. Mm-hmm. So that gets a little confusing. Sometimes people get these things mixed up when it comes to inverters and solar. Um, Some people, you know, because there's so much information and they get it confused, I think it's just they think the solar is going to run their microwave, and that's not how it works. Yeah. The, The solar charges the batteries. The batteries power the inverter, and the inverter provides the 110 volts that would be normally provided by your shore power or a generator if your RV has a generator or if you can't travel with one. So with an inverter, you can buy one with the charger built into it, which is basically what a converter is in your RV, except to just this is an inverter with the charger built into it, so it charges the batteries. So the option is going to depend on what you're trying to accomplish. Some new RVs and even older ones um, can be very difficult to add an inverter into it down the road just because of the way the RV was built. So what comes to mind is recently we had an RV here and, you know, it was a a trailer. Actually, it was a fifth wheel, so it had a big old open bay in the front, side to side, all the way through. And then, you know, they had it paneled off where some of the plumbing was, the... uh, the converter, all the wiring, but because of the complexities of all the plumbing, the inch and a half drain pipes, the electrical, the framework, you would have had to have cut everything out, all the plumbing, the framework to get in there to actually put an inverter in and, or more so to hook it up to the electrical because where the electrical is at, the 110 volts coming in, very complex. Um, down the road, this guy would probably have a serious problem trying to do anything in that regard. Mm-hmm. You know, replacing the power center would still be, it would be a little complex, but not nearly as bad just because of the way this RV was built. But they're not all that way. So some of them can be very complex to do this, um, to add it down the road. So hopefully, if, you know, the RV comes with one and it's an inverter that does what it should do and it's the inverter way the way you want it to be done you know like it's it's not just for the bedroom and the refrigerator it's going to run the microwave and some other things so now the question that i hear a lot of especially when the subject of solar power comes up it's actually two questions and i've already kind of said this one will solar run my microwave or ac so no solar only charges the batteries Mm-hmm. And it does nothing else. It charges the batteries. And we're talking about RV solar here, but in general, that's what it does. So the other question is, do I need a converter or an inverter? So most RVs have a converter. So really it's narrowing it down to, do I need an inverter? So to keep this simple, an RV will almost always have a converter as the electrical as part of the electrical system. Where the inverter, on the other, on the other hand, is different. It's um, 
It's assuming your RV doesn't have one. And if it does, you're probably set. But if it doesn't have one, and that's why you're asking, then you have to, you know, explore this. So to add a good quality inverter to the RV's electrical system can be expensive and sometimes very complex, like I just spoke about. So we're going to discuss the good versus the bad here. I push good, although sometimes bad will work for a specific application. There's nothing wrong with saving some cash. And I'm talking about quality here, good versus bad. So if you are trying to save money, you might buy a lower-end inverter, but it might work for your needs. We prefer to sell the better inverters just like we do everything else because our name's on it when it leaves here because they bought it from us at Highway 93 RV in Victor, Montana. That's where they bought it, or they bought it from one of our websites. So we always try to sell the better of uh, products. So you have to know that um, you'll need solar, and you'll need batteries or more batteries. So that's, step, uh, so that's something you have to be aware of. So you have to ask yourself, why do you feel you need 110 volts? Why do you need an inverter to create this 110 volts? Is it to make a cup of coffee in the morning? Is it to blow dry your hair so you can look good during the day? <laughs> Always. <laughs> <laughs> Some might need to do that, and that's fair. Or is it to run the microwave for 20 minutes a day? So you have to really look at that. And those three things I just mentioned are pretty insignificant. A cup of coffee can be made on a campfire or a gas stove. Mm -hmm. um, blow drying your hair. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, go to plan B. Wear a hat. Do your hair different. There you go. Run the microwave. What are you making in the microwave that you can't substitute with something else? So those are pretty small little things, but they might be important to you depending on the circumstances. And there might be other things, much bigger things. You know, there might be, uh, uh, there just could be, you know, you're handicapped. You have to have a certain piece of equipment, right. things like that. We mm -hmm. understand. So an inverter can replace a generator, but a generator might actually make more financial sense if money matters. So if you answered yes to any of the three questions I just asked, then you probably just need to get a small generator. And then to make it work with an air conditioner, you added a micro air soft start to that system, and you got it. <laughs> the generator will run the AC with a micro air soft start because the AC is actually what people really want to run the most. So true. Off an inverter. But that's a mm -hmm. pretty hard thing to do in an RV. You know, you need uh, more solar panels and your roof can handle more batteries than you'd ever want to buy. So forget the AC by on so on a on an inverter. Mm -hmm. Plan on that small generator. In fact, most of the people that come in here end up purchasing a small generator. Yeah. Because it just makes more sense. Mm -hmm. And the generator can be used for other things. You know, you can use it around the house, on the ranch, on the farm, whatever. Um, power goes out. So if you buy a small generator and a micro air, that's going to be approximately a $1,600 investment if you buy a, a decent one and install the soft start yourself. Um, or even a, or another option could be like a power center like the Energizer Arc 5, um, there's a ton of them coming out. Um, I can't think of the name of the one that's really popular. Goal Zero. 
Oh, okay. So that's another one out there. So there's a, a zillion of them now. Everybody copied them, and they're all making them. So that's another option. That's just a a small box, the size of a lunch pail, weighs you know eleven pounds, fifteen pounds. Has battery in it, has an inverter in it, so you can have that hundred and ten volts. You know they might be a a five hundred watt, thousand watts. So it's not going to run everything, but depending on what you're trying to do, it might be a nice option. You know, like if you just want to recharge all your devices there you go it's a nice simple way and maybe run a tv at night or a a cpap machine something like that those might just be a better way to go 500 bucks and you're done (laughs) and i you know i kind of get into all this because in almost every case 110 volts sounds so cheap and easy to do oh yeah it's just put on a solar panel and you got 110 volts put in an inverter you got 110 volts it's generally more complex than, than what meets the eye. Although having 110 volts is pretty cool. You know, we can't deny that. Hey, you know, just plug it in here. You're out camping with your family and friends. Yep. You can run your 110 volt blender when they can. And you'd be the, the king of drinks that day. That's right. But is it worth it? <laughs> you know, even being cool comes with a price, right? Yeah. <laughs> so if money doesn't matter, not a problem. So just analyze it. Is it worth the money? Is it really going to be worth it? Or does it just become another pain point as well? You get so used to this, then it fails, and it's like, oh, no, now what are we going to do? Yeah. And everything you add to your RV is just one more thing you got to maintain. doesn't matter what it is. It's going to need some sort of attention. Right. And things break. So you add an inverter. You have to understand how it's going to work, where the fuses are. You know, if it fails, can you live without it? Can you bypass it? Will the RV work without it? So those are good questions to ask and understand how it works. So you know, the bottom line is when it comes to 110 volts, you have to really decide how often you're going to want it, how often you need it. Um, if you're camping where there's always 110 volts or more often than not, then I wouldn't even consider an inverter. Even a generator could be, you know, off the table if you're always around 110 volts. But only you can answer this question because mm-hmm. it's your RV and it's your family and it's how you guys like to go RVing. No one else can answer that question. So the smart RVer is going to put his money on red as well. If you're talking about a generator, when I say red, I'm talking about a Honda 2200 watt generator. Big red is they're called because that in a microwave, you're covered for the air conditioner and it's a done deal. And Honda makes the best generators on the market, no matter what anybody says. Yep. They are it. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to buy a generator, a small one, get a Honda 2200 watt. Depending on where you're at, it might be twelve to 1500 bucks. Well worth the money. Throw a microwave soft start in there, and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. And speaking of microwave soft starts, Alexis, did you know we sell those online? I did not. We do. <laughs> it's Smart RV Yay. Parts Center. They're there. Microwave Soft Start. Or you can call us. There we go. We've got them ready to ship. Sitting <laughs> on the shelf. Gobs of them. So go get one. <laughs> there you go. That's the call to action today. Go get one. All right. So now we're coming up to our next stop. Our vacation destinations. Awesome. And today is Mammoth Lakes, California. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. So all this <laughs> seems very repetitive. Um, <laughs> this episode we're doing right now, we had to redo after 
of three or four weeks. Yeah. Yep. Somebody <laughs> lost the video to it and the audio. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> it was me. I'll take the blame. So, all right. So feel, that's why I say it's because it feels like we were just at Mammoth Lakes talking right. about this and we were. We were. All mm -hmm. right. So, um, what is there to see at Mammoth Lakes? Oh, there's a ton. It's so beautiful there. I actually kind of want to visit myself, but, um, one of the points of, um, you might want to check out is Rainbow Falls. That's kind of a beautiful area and you can hike up to it. And then there's Mammoth Mountain Bike Park, you know, talking about bar bikes. We have e-bikes here, you know, um, and you can do that there. You can rent them or you can bring your own. And then there's the village um, where you can see live music. There's street performers. There's vendors. So really, there's a ton to do there. <laughs> it sounds like it. So the Rainbow Falls is kind of interesting, especially yeah. for photography. Different times of day, the light coming yes. off the falls. You get those rainbows and yeah. different color lights. And, and waterfalls are just always cool. I think so. You know, no matter what, whether you're taking pictures or just watching them, so mm -hmm. they're kind of relaxing, get your mind on something else. It's one of those yes. things in nature that just is awesome. Yes, for sure. <laughs> but for the photography buff, they're always great for pictures. Mm. So riding bikes is nice, and as Alexis brought out, we sell e-bikes, Quiet hey. Cat e-bikes. Um, if you're looking at bikes, Quiet Cat is the brand to get. Man, we love them. Yep. They're awesome. Absolutely. All right, so then you got music, street performers, all those great things. So and that many just, things. You know, that just makes <laughs> it, brings the whole package together sometimes because yeah. it gives you something to do. Mammoth actually would be a great place for families to go to. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, from yeah. last time I was there, I recall very family-oriented growing mm -hmm. up. I knew families that went there all the time. Yeah, even in the winter, too, they have places to ski close, so you can't go wrong. Right. It's just yep. great. Yeah. Yep, you can stay in your RV right there. Yep. It's cool. So, like every other place we go to in the next stop, is there some place to eat in Mammoth? <laughs> I'm hungry. Oh, always. <laughs> um, they have a brewing company there, Mammoth Brewing Company, where it's like the best pub food, you know. They've got pizza, tacos, burgers, whatever is on your mind or in your stomach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then there's the, I think I'm saying this right, the mogul? Yep, the mogul. <laughs> And this is a little fancier. They've got some prime rib, grilled fish, so a little more, a uh, little more upscale there. <laughs> and then they've got, of course, the stove, where I mean, you can just—it's all breakfast foods that are amazing: omelets, pancakes, and they do have lunch items too. They have really good sandwiches. So, all right. yeah. So the mogul get that plan. Where's you know skiing? They have moguls on the slopes, mm -hmm. and a mogul who has a lot of money. <laughs> the mogul, you know. Yeah, all the yeah, kind of miss me. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> then the stove—that just sounds like a greasy skillet, with doesn't it? Made in one. Uh huh. <laughs> but it actually sounds pretty good. <laughs> I'd eat there. <laughs> so Mammoth has a lot. Then of course, is there a place for an RVer to stay there? Well, we've got to list that for sure. Um, there's a couple Mammoth Mountain RV Park. That's a very wooded area. Um, New Shady Rest Campground. That's got some great, great scenery around there. So a beautiful place. And then they've got Camp High Sierra, um, which lots of hookups there. So no worries. It's not going to be, you're not going to be dry camping there if you, if you don't want to be. <laughs> right. 
And they got bear boxes there too, they right? Do I don't know why I highlighted that, but that yeah. could be important. <laughs> keep your food away from them bears. That's bears right. can be an issue in those areas. They can. So mm-hmm. You have to take bears serious. You know, we live in Montana, and people get yeah. killed by bears every year. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes very close to home here. Mm-hmm. So. You know, everybody Don't packs either a gun or bear spray <laughs> yeah. or both. Yep. <laughs> or they bring someone they don't like and they just throw that person to the bear and they take off running. Yeah, you see, know. that's perfect. Yep. <laughs> and so when's the best time to go to Mammoth? I mean, really, you can go any time of the year, but autumn seems to be kind of a good time just because there's less tourists um, and there's still plenty to do even in the fall and winter. So... You know, the kids go back to school. Why not take a trip there? <laughs> you know, in the autumn, is it's that transitional time of year, too. So they're slowing down from the winter or the summer business. Mm-hmm. Then the, they're going into winter for the skiing and stuff. But that really doesn't take shape until there's some snow. Right, yeah. So that would be a good time. And you see the change of the seasons there because mm-hmm. you will see that there. So pretty. And no, I think no matter how you get to Mammoth, how you drive there, you're going to see a lot of um autumn looking things the change of the season right you go through like bishop and Souls town they have mm-hmm. trees with leaves you see all that yeah so it's an awesome drive whichever way you go as well autumn's out mammoth is a very cool place yeah that's where the uh san andreas fault runs through there so that makes it kind right. of interesting you actually climb yeah. into the fault and stuff so there's <laughs> <laughs> whatever reason you know, i can say you did it that all is going to amount to. Yeah. <laughs> but Mammoth is a very nice place, especially if you're into winter sports. Well, it doesn't matter. Summer, winter, spring, or fall. Sure. There's something there for everybody. Right. It's pretty cool. All right. Awesome. So to learn more about the next stop, any place we talk about, or Mammoth, just go to our website, thesmartrver.com. Pick e- either link for the next stop, and it'll take you to the all the articles we do, and there's a lot of them up there. And remember, these are to whet your appetite. You know, these aren't the itinerary. It's not everything, but it gets you thinking. Gets you to look at the map and go, where's Mammoth? Oh, look at this. We can go to Bishop, too. We can Mm -hmm. go here. We can go there. Not too far from Tahoe, you know. You can make it a a very big trip. And it's not just Mammoth. Any place on our next stop, you can do that with. Whets your appetite. (laughs) Okay, so now... um, going to go to rvnv we're going to talk about sewer hoses a little bit um, we're going to have to do a video on sewer hoses yes. we'll do one of our fast tip fridays on that mm-hmm. because there's different types you know different fittings and you walk into a store if they have two or three brands even one brand and they carry the different um uh qualities right it's going to make it a harder decision you know, but basically there's, you know, three brands that or four brands that really to choose from. There's Volterra, there's Thetford, there's Camco, and there's Presto Fit. And then there's the house brands that distributors make or have made for them. And quite often Volterra is making those. So a distributor might have a brand that looks a little bit different. The RV store might be carrying it because it's priced a little bit cheaper. But it's usually the same quality, the same type of thing. So don't be afraid of house brands. Um, as long as it looks like something that's going to work good. <laughs> Presto Fit is kind of their own unique little system. I personally don't really sell it in the store. We have a couple little fittings here and there, but I think this winter they're all going bye-bye. It's just not that popular of a thing. It used to be years ago. You had to push it, though, but not anymore. We're done with that. 
So Volterra and Camco are the two that we sell the most of. Thetford is there. They have a good product. We just don't want to add a third to our system. Because just with one brand, you have good, better, and best. Then you got other stuff too. You got on the the low end, really low end sewer hoses, the blue ones, the brown ones, don't have fittings on them. Yeah. And brown, I got to be careful. The Rhino Flex has some brown, but they are good hoses. Mm. I'm talking about like the Mm -hmm. Volterra brown ones that aren't the same quality. Mm Mm-hmm. But when you're buying a sewer hose, you know, like I said, it can be confusing to go in the store. Just ask for help if you can't figure out which good, better, and best is. Because that's really the the way you want to slice it up. Good, better, and best. You know, and they're priced accordingly. You know, Volterra has some sewer hoses that sell well over 100 bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, for like a 20-foot one. Um, so, And then, you know, they have some that sell for the same length. 20-foot one might be uh, $40, 45 So there's a big difference there. Mm-hmm. And so it depends on how you're RVing, you know, if you're going to be hooked up all the time, full timing, you know, or uh, not full timing, living in your RV, just buy the best, be done with it. But if you hardly ever use your RV, then the, the good might just be the way to go. You know, it just depends on what you're doing, Yeah. but don't get confused by all the brands. Just look for good, better, and best. The fittings all kind of work the same. Each brand comes up with their own little spin on the same fitting, Volterra kind of revolutionized the sewer hose business years ago when they came out with the kits with fittings on them. They've always been ahead with the fittings and everybody's kind of followed their footstep trying to make something different and better. Ultimately, they all all work together, kind of do the same thing. (laughs) So we'll do a video on that on Fast Tip Friday, which we're actually keeping up on these every other Friday a new video comes out for task fast tip Friday. And in between those, we're doing the podcast, which also now is available on YouTube as well. And eventually we're going to start putting everything on rumble too. That's another platform, very similar to YouTube. Just another place to put our stuff. Just so you know, if you're already going to rumble in the future, you can look for that and we'll let you know when we do that. So if you need help with an RV, you can call us, you can email us, you can text us, you can go to the smartrver.com to get that information, to get a hold of us. If you have questions, you need help, you need to purchase something, because we got the answers. We really do. You know, just yep. recently someone called with a Solera issue. This will be a video down the road. We are the only ones that could solve this for the person. Everybody in the country he talked to, according to him. Wow. Took two months for him to finally get a hold of us when he or to finally find us. When he did, problem solved almost immediately. Awesome. So we know what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. And um just lost my thought. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Um hate when that happens. Oh yeah. If you're listening to the podcast, subscribe to us, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, subscribe to us. Mm -hmm. And also in the episode, generally you're going to find a link to the website. If you don't want to go searching for it anyplace else, or just it's too hard to type in the smart RVer.com because sometimes on a smartphone, if that's how you're listening can be, but the episode (laughs) should have that in the details. You also have a little more information in there as well. If you go to YouTube, subscribe to us subscribe to us. We want everybody to start subscribing. 
you know, stay up with what we're doing, what's going on. We're changing. Like if you're watching this now, look behind me. We got some new stuff on the walls. <laughs> Smells like glue in here today. That's why we're so happy. <laughs> oh, that must be it. <laughs> Raging headache. Don't understand why. No. So yeah, and also, you know, if you're if you're listening, try to get to the to YouTube and check out this podcast as well. You know, ever how you want to take this in, we're good with that. We're just giving you options here, trying to make it a little bit better. Like I said, the Fast Tip Fridays, those are very specific to products. They are being put out on the podcast as audio only, but it's not going to have the same effect as watching it on YouTube. But if you're driving, it's going to be better than nothing. <laughs> All right, so I want to thank everybody for hanging out with us today. Well, this episode went a little longer than normal, I think. I don't know why we started a little bit late. Anyway, we're, we're done for the day. So I want to thank everybody for listening today. This is Eric Stark with the Smart RVer Podcast. It's been awesome hanging out with you. So if I don't see you on the road, let's connect at the smartrver.com. <laughs>